For Monday, February 8th, the 39th day of 2021, there are 326 days left in the year. Good morning, MB. Guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope, and the hashtag is In the Know coming up today. We update you in the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. Super Bowl 55 is in the books. The winners, the losers, the meh. And was the food any good? That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Beach is on assignment today, so we uh, call out to the bullpen and uh, bring in our dear friend. We lovingly call him High Pockets. He's the tallest banker you know, Mr. Stephen Smith. Good morning, Mr. Smith. Good morning, Mr. Bucket. Welcome. How Thank are you? you? I'm great. Good to you, be here. Uh, you, you don't look uh, very bankerly today. You no. Just happen to have the uh, happen to have the day off anyway. Scheduled. My moonlight is a timber cutter, so that's the look I'm going for today. <laughs> uh, what I like about you is that uh, uh, you've got strong strong vacation game because I think um, a week from today is also President's Day, is it not? Mm-hmm. So you've back ended your way into two Mondays in a row off, and uh, bravo. Well, I, well done. I typically won't take that route just because I don't – having that Monday off is a special thing, you know, yep. or maybe not necessarily special. But I usually don't mix it in, but this time it worked out. It well. worked out like it did. Yep. She's the pride of Pumpkin Center, the heiress to the great mini burger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional bargain hunter woman of the year. She's Misty Embry Thomas. Hey. How's Misty? I'm well, how are you? I'm doing well, and if your scorecard had two LL Cool J songs before eight minutes after nine, you win bingo for today. <laughs> That's why people want Stephen and I together on the show. It doesn't happen. For a, two LL Cool J doesn't songs. doesn't happen a lot, but uh, dueling LL Cool J already yeah. this morning. Uh, so uh, how was your uh, how was your Super Bowl, Miss Thomas? Uh, underwhelming, but the food was over the top, my friend. <laughs> the food wasn't too, uh, wasn't oh too bad, gosh, I assume. Oh, my it was so good. I assume you'll uh, hit me up on Yelp and get <laughs> good, yeah, good, already good have, already review have. later. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-one to nine, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, defeat the Kansas City Chiefs, the seventh Super Bowl win for one Tom Brady. You, 
Okay. You heard of Tom Brady? He was a quarterback in the game. Not until last night, but it was nice to, to yeah. be introduced. And... Some people say he's really going to be something someday. <laughs> Here's hoping. Uh, 43 years of age, 10th Super Bowl appearance, wins 700. He he is uh, He's hitting 700 in the Super Bowl. So he's been 10 times. He has won seven of them now with two different teams. So the end of the – it's kind of remarkable if you think about it. The NFL season, the 269-game season, had no cancellations. They had some postponements, and they had to get creative, and they were playing some football on Thursday afternoon a couple of times, and there were there were scrambles. But no games of the NFL season were canceled, and so that's uh, probably the most remarkable thing on the season. But uh, Tampa is celebrating today, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about more about inside the game and the commercials and the halftime show and the national anthem and the I told Stephen a few minutes ago it feels like being a starving man at a buffet today. So much to talk about, mm-hmm. but you can't talk about everything, so we'll <laughs> wade our way through it. Weatherwise, get ready because multiple rounds of uh wintry mix in our region of the country this week. First and foremost, a lot of your Louisville forecasters, you're gonna hear them talking today about snow and ice. But that band is generally going to be I-64 or north. So southern Indiana is going to get some snow tonight and into tomorrow morning. The Louisville area may get a wintry mix. But on that line of Hardin, Grayson, uh, Ohio counties, most of that wintry mix will stay north of us tonight. So even though you'll be hearing forecasters talk about it, that's not necessarily for our area. Where our problems come is perhaps... Wednesday morning, and then again Wednesday evening. When they say things like a half an inch of ice is possible, well, that is much worse than it sounds. A half an inch of snow is no problem. A half an inch of ice can be problematic. So we're going to keep our eyes on this over the next couple of days because the forecasters have been um, hard-pressed to get them to be firm on when these cold, frigid temperatures were going to arrive. You'll recall this time last week we were telling you that last night by the time the Super Bowl was over, it was going to be 4 degrees. Well, it was not. It was about 15 degrees warmer than that. And now the cold Arctic air is supposed to be later this week, but subject to change. There's a volatile weather system that uh, is in play that's making it hard to track. So just because they say today Wednesday is going to be problematic doesn't necessarily mean that it is, but it could be, and we need to study that over the next 48 hours. In Washington today, the uh, Trump impeachment trial, the second Trump impeachment trial, gets back into action tomorrow. The Senate is set to launch the impeachment trial tomorrow to consider the charge that Trump's fighting words to protesters at a Capitol rally, as well as weeks of falsehoods about a stolen and rigged election, had uh, provoked a mob to storm the Capitol. Reading headlines that uh, the FBI is saying that these pro, uh, the storming of the Capitol was planned before the speech that day. And should that be proven to be true, and if that is true, then it will be hard for them to pin this on President Trump in the way they have it framed. Right. If <laughs> it doesn't mean that the falsehoods and the rigged elections and the stop the steal and the they weren't the foundation for the mob and the attack on the Capitol. 
but the way they have it have it framed as they said that he went down on the National Mall and he gave a speech that whipped them into a frenzy and said, let's go storm the Capitol. That's the narrative that they're trying to sell. But if the FBI says this was going to happen whether he showed up and spoke or not, then it kind of takes the sales out of the argument, not to mention they don't have the votes. So, And on a technicality, some of them are saying, well, we can't impeach someone who we can't impeach someone who's no longer no longer president. You know, they're sort of beyond the scope of. But as we've mentioned, there are some other things. There are some other post presidential perks to that job that, if you don't do it correctly, they can um, walk back if they have to. Three thousand five hundred thirty new coronavirus cases in Kentucky confirmed between Saturday. And Sunday, 1,998 Saturday, 1,532 on Sunday, brings us to 377,000 total, 80 deaths over the weekend, but that took us beyond the 4,000 milestone, 4,051 deaths now in the uh, state since last March. But the positivity rate has fallen under 8% for the first time since November 10th. We're at 7.97% and still headed in the right direction. Hospitalizations decreased by 83 patients. We are at uh, 1,235. Intensive care admissions fell by 40 to 290 in the state. Do you think we'll see? Um, there was obviously some gatherings over the weekend. Do you think we'll see numbers bounce a little bit as a result of Super Bowl gatherings? Or you think I don't that- know that there were that many people gathering. Not, it's not like Christmas or Thanksgiving where everybody... Or even New Year's. Right. Where yeah. like right. 99% of this population is going to try to celebrate in some way. Out of the Governor Bashir's numbers, it was interesting to see the headline that less than half of staff members at Kentucky long-term care facilities have been vaccinated for COVID-19, in part because many refused the vaccination, and now some of uh, those people are changing their minds, leading to complications in the vaccine distribution. And doses first became available for long-term care facility staff and residents two months ago. But since then, an estimated 73% of residents have received the vaccine. But only 45% of staff have been vaccinated. Now, it took them a while because the federal government contracted with national pharmacies to do the administration of these vaccinations. And so they were slow to spin up on those. But we were led to believe, um, you know, we were given some totals that said uh, those vaccinations have taken place and uh, in percentage in the long-term care facilities, say, you know, close to Grayson County. But to hear that across the state, more than half passed on the vaccine is somewhat troubling. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe even not somewhat troubling. It, It maybe is troubling. But I also, uh, I don't have the exact figures, but it sounds to me as if there was a larger than what you might expect percentage of educators in Kentucky who opted not to take the vaccine when it was offered to them. Is that surprising to uh, either of you that uh, we've got that many long-term care facility workers and that many educators that are saying, I'm going to wait until later? I think we're seeing, like I said, initially I was, I don't want the vaccine. I don't want to be, you know, a a trial by error kind of person. Uh, But I think a lot of people are now going, okay, a lot of people have had the vaccine. 
they sustained it. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not proving to be dangerous. And now they're circling back. And I'm one of those people. I mean, I, I've admittedly said on air, I will now take the vaccine as it comes to me. But you had the luxury of, of being assigned right. to 1C right. that really you've not had an opportunity to take it. Mm-hmm. Your thinking has changed, though, because there have been enough people in 1A and 1B right. that you've said, oh, okay, it seems like maybe this is the thing to do. But we have people who were in 1A who are saying, hey, wait, no, I changed my mind. So do we then do we move them back to the front of the line again? Or do we say, well, no, you had your opportunity. You'll have to wait until we've moved to the other tiers. I I think we go ahead and vaccinate them. I think they had the right to have the same hesitation I had. I had Uh, right or wrong. It it was a real hesitation. Um, The the goal is to get people vaccinated, whether they're changing their mind or not. and jumping out of order or not, it's frustrating. I get it. But also, I didn't want to be one of those people who had to make the decision up front. Yep. I wanted other people to make it. I'm, I've been very transparent about that. I, I, So I probably would have been one of those people going, I don't think I want this. And then come back and go, okay, maybe I do. Maybe I do need to take it. Have the so, people with the stickers showing the stickers after their vaccination, has that been impactful to you? You seeing the other people even, saying, I don't think I've even seen it. okay, well, there, I've seen a lot of educators when they have their vaccination clinics or healthcare mm-hmm. workers, when they got theirs, they have a kind of a sticker, like one of those I voted stickers sure. and say, I got my vaccine. Yeah. I just didn't know if that messaging was confidence building for those who yeah. were maybe skeptical about I taking think being it. able to watch people in real time on social media, how they're reacting, what the, what the injection is doing to them and making them sick or you know, not. So we have more information now and I'm stepping forward saying I'm more comfortable now taking the vaccine when it comes my turn. Uh, but I've not, I've not hid the fact that I was afraid of it in the beginning. And now I'm circling back saying, okay, right. now that you all didn't get too terribly sick, I'll try it too. But Steve, I do understand. Steven, you have antibodies. I assume you still have antibodies. Mm-hmm. Um, does it, does that in any way impact or change your thinking on uh, vaccination. It's difficult for me to to understand, and I, I don't even try to understand it medically. Um, being that I have tested positive for the virus, about uh, we're beyond ninety days now. Uh, just by a few days, actually, um, I know that was kind of the that was the the earmark of okay, you probably you're not going to get it within ninety days, but after that, you can again. I've actually based mine upon um, my wife, who was a nurse. Uh, was given the opportunity to take the vaccine, took the vaccine, has had both rounds of the vaccine, uh, and she has strongly encouraged me to uh, take the vaccine. I will probably defer to her in this case, that um, knowing that she loves me and she wouldn't want me to do anything that would have ill effects to me. Sure. Um, the unknown is probably the most disturbing, but that's not changed within the last 12 months. We simply just don't know. There's a lot of unknown, isn't there? Yeah, I've tried to. I've I've spoken in in close circles about my opinion, but I'll reserve those today. But uh, because my wife wants me to, I'll probably get one. And if that's weak on my part, then I'll I'll take the consequences from everybody else instead of her. Gotta live with. If I'm going to be perfectly honest, her, not you all. That's usually the advised way to go. If yep. you want to, if you want to know the truth of the matter. Uh, you can read at K105.com a headline about a menace to society and Annette, a convicted felon with a long arrest history, slammed head on into a Clarkson officer ending a 25-per-minute pursuit last evening, uh, tur- turned on several roads. Annette Road, McGrew Church Road, 
Decker School Road, et cetera, so you can uh, read and see about uh, that incident last night. Uh, thankfully, uh, Clarkson police officer uh, Elmore suffered minor injuries, was treated at uh, OHTLMC, but... Um, that doesn't roll off the tongue yet, does it? I know. It? I'm like, he was where? Oh, wait. Yes, Owensboro Health Twin Lakes, yes. Well, I, yeah, Owensboro Health Twin Lakes, the OHTL is where O-H-T-L. I'm going. I've got an OHTL. That's going to be. Yeah, you can't. That's my thing. You get us some bad uh, if you keep on. I think the medical center is inferred. Right. Uh, kind of like I've been saying for a year, you don't have, journalists, you don't have to say due to the coronavirus. Right. You don't have to say yeah. why something changed. Right. It just, it changed. I think I know why. No. Can we not say the odal? <laughs> we can. <laughs> uh, to Back to uh, the aforementioned nurse. She has more to lose in that regard with you spouting off at the mouth. than. Uh, <laughs> so. You don't want to propose anything outlandish. Is it time for a break yet? Miss Smith, we need you to report to HR. (laughs) The Kentucky Administrative Office of the Courts has expanded its online payment option. As of last week, people who owe court costs, fines, fees, or restitution on eligible cases can make full or partial payments. uh, Previously, the ePay program would only allow payment in full in prepayable cases, which is one that doesn't require... A court appearance. Paying online also reduces in-person trips to judicial centers, which is important during the COVID-19 pandemic. As a result Thank of. You. As a result of yeah. the COVID-19 pandemic, reducing trips to the courthouse is helpful. I think we've all learned that. I think I, I think we've all learned that. If there's a disruption in anything, right. it's because of the pandemic. Uh, that's one of those areas where there have been governmental agencies, there have been uh, quasi-governmental agencies, there have been businesses who have for the last decade looked and said, you know, we really need a way to do this online and make it more convenient for people. But, you know, maybe it's expensive to implement or there's logistical problems in uh, making this possible. The last year has forced people into those areas that they needed to be anyway. And we'll, there are some byproducts to that saying convenience and less contact is mm-hmm. the is the reward for, you know, being hassled over. And that's kind of one way of them. Now, uh, like con- convenience fees, if you're a utility and – your payment processor is charging you something in the neighborhood of $2 to do a transaction. Find a new payment processor. You know, there, I, I shouldn't have to pay you $1.95 for you to have your money instantly rather than me send you a check and send it through the mail and you have to handle it and et cetera. You know, Said with a banker in the room, by the way. Is that through the... the- uh, do you have to pay with your debit card? Uh, it's Edmondson County Water District, and it doesn't matter which card you use to pay it, debit or credit. Mm-hmm. There's a dollar ninety-five fee on top of your twenty-seven dollar water bill that just looks really odd by percentage. Yeah, it's it's the exchange basically. Well, then can I pay in Bitcoin? Will the exchange be better on Bitcoin? Dogecoin. There's There's a a huge infusion by Tesla in the Bitcoin today. And I got to tell you, our stocks are way up. So thank you, Elon Musk. You got some Bitcoin? We got got some Bitcoin. My husband's gotten into the game. Last night he was showing me, like, it literally went up 800 and something dollars just yesterday. Wow. Yeah. 
was like, Can you bring it in and let me see it? The Uh, Bitcoin? No, that's the great thing about it. It's like Smurf berries. We got them. You're just going to have to trust me. It's kind of like the wheat penny, though. What's on the backside of the Bitcoin? Is it uh, Stephen's face? It's whoever you want, really, because it's your imagination. How does that work? And uh, happy to report, not a moment too soon. Uh, So football season is over. And uh, the U.K. basketball season is over for all intents and purposes. Uh, NASCAR starts this weekend. The Daytona 500 is Sunday on Valentine's Day. Great way to spend it with your sweetheart. Spend Valentine's Day watching NASCAR. But uh, (laughs) we got to get to a break. That's right. we got to get to a break. Stephen Smith is our guest co-host today. Hang around here on In the Know. Hangover day today. <laughs> Is that what we're calling this right here? <laughs> I think, yeah, that's uh, also known as uh, Muffin Top Expansion Day. <laughs> it's Kite Flying Day today. And it's Oatmeal Day today. The day after the Super Bowl, many people say that it uh, should be a holiday. I, I don't think it should be a holiday. I think it, uh, we should just leave it like we are. Uh, if they want to move the Super Bowl to a Saturday, I, I mean, I could get on board with that and say, all right. But, yeah, uh, me too. All right, what would you think about her? You know, I was not familiar with her before yesterday. and She's hard to talk about because you said, who is that, her? Yeah, her. And then you right. said, well, her's on second. No, no. she's on first. Right, okay. right. Yeah, exactly. I said immediately, she is so cool. She is like the love child of Prince and Lenny Kravitz. Okay, I don't think they can Kravitz. have a love child, but I, I know, see what but you're I'm saying. I'm just saying, if they could, this would be the product of that. She looks like, you know, her whole vibe is very Lenny Kravitz, her sound, but her playing of the guitar. Yeah. Very cool. She was very cool. She was the musical guest when Adele was the host of uh, Saturday Night Live a few months ago. And uh, her songs were great. Mm -hmm. She was part of the Prince tribute on the Grammys. And she can just shred it. Yeah, she she was so talented. Dennis Cook did mention that she lost part of her shirt somewhere along the way. I did notice. And Uh I I, I understand that. Uh, My husband said he really enjoyed her necklace. Enjoyed her necklace. Got it. (laughs) Uh, What is a... uh, What about the anthem? Okay, so... You're a purist about these things. All right, that's Eric Church. All right, go ahead. I'm a purist, you said. You are. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. It was very bluesy. I liked the two of them together singing it. But I have a feeling that you would have preferred it to just be a straight, pure version of the anthem. I was, it was funny, you, before I made a comment, uh-huh. you said, you're not going to like this because you're a purist, but right. well, I hadn't thought anything negative about it. Yeah. I thought it drug a little bit. I'm like, I like the arrangement. He's great. I don't know him. I don't, I don't really, I mean, it's fine. I do. My husband pretends to be him at night. He has those sunglasses. He mm. loves Eric Church. Yeah. So it's a true story. <laughs> I'm very familiar with his music. <laughs> 
I like the harmonies. Yes. I like the arrangement. Bluesy. It's fine. But it achieved what needed to be achieved for February of 2021, is they had to have a person of color. Yes. And they had to have someone representing the South. Yeah. And they had to put them together and do a dynamic... Yeah, it they, was a great, they, they, was a great they did collaboration. A, they did a fine job with it. Um, they did well. It was, it was good. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that yesterday was the, well, not yesterday, but this was the 30th Super Bowl since the infamous Whitney Houston national anthem. You mentioned that. and I have, During the middle of the yeah. Gulf War, weren't sure whether the game should even be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were American flags everywhere in the stands, and she came out. She did. That was a recorded version for those of you that don't know. They couldn't leave it subject to chance. She went in the studio, though, and laid it down in one track. Mm. The version that we all heard and we still hear to this day, Rick and Bubba use it at least once a week to kick off their show each day, is the one she walked in the studio and said, mic drop, that's it. Wow. They carry, they, they did a second one just in case, case, but the one she did first is the one we got. So... While not technically live, pretty much impromptu and the ability to yeah, do it. Yeah. Uh, but what Whitney Houston was able to do in 1991 was she was able to tell America it was all right for a couple of hours to worry about a football game rather than uncertainty in the Middle East and yeah. war, et cetera. So, um, matter of fact, they have ranked the 10 best Super Bowl national anthem performances of all time. Would we say, I mean, last night was was not the best, certainly. No, but I like the arrangement enough that I would put it in a top ten, I think. I wasn't looking for a powerhouse vocal performance like Whitney. Whitney did that, mic drop, walk away. Whitney's also was one of the first, it was an, it was an interesting arrangement. Mm-hmm. And so it was something a little bit different. They played it really close to the vest, but Whitney kind of pushed the bounds on it a little mm-hmm. bit. But she's ranked as the best of all time. Sure. She won two and three. At, uh, yeah, she probably be. should be. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who is number two? Beyonce is listed at number two. Lady Gaga at three. Okay. Uh, actually, Jennifer Hudson is listed as number oh, two. Beyonce it. is at four. Yeah. Sorry, they're counting up on my pages. My apologies. Uh, Beyonce is at four. Luther Vandross from 1997 is five. Okay. The uh, oh, I almost said the Dixie Chicks, and wouldn't that have been awful? They were the Dixie Chicks in 2003 when they did the song, uh, the national anthem. Billy Joel was ranked just behind them at number seven from 1989 and 2007. Mariah Carey in 08. Renee Fleming is number nine, and Demi Lovato at number ten. Okay. I would have to hear all of those to, I mean, like I need to go back and listen to all of them. Okay, well, we're only yeah. scheduled for an hour today, well, but we can. I'm going to trust the okay, list. We can do it another day. Her was good. Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan was her name. Mm-hmm. Did you like Amanda Gorman? It's the first time we had had a poem mm-hmm. at Super Bowl. I thought it was pretty cool. We honor our three captains for their actions and impact in a time of uncertainty. She's getting a lot of love. There's your presidential candidate for 2036. All expectations and limitations uplifting their communities and neighbors as leaders, healers, and educators. James has felt the wounds of warfare, but this warrior still shares. All right, commercials. Did you have a favorite commercial? Um, let's see. Take me through a few of them. What was your I, Stephen? I thought the um, 
the flat Matthew McConaughey popping out inside the vending machine was pretty clever. Oh, that's right. I loved when yeah. he said, Jimmy Kimmel asked you, were you faxed here or did you walk Yeah, yeah that was the line I took away. It was a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Did you travel here by fax? Yeah, it was easy to predict fax. what was going to happen when he crawled in there. Yeah. Um, but it was it was pretty that was funny. Fun. That's the first that one that funny. pops out in my mind. Um, I'll tell you the one that I think once I remind Misty, she's going to tell you is maybe her favorite. Is the... Uh, T-Mobile commercial, and they did two versions. The T-Mobile yes. commercial with Blake Shelton, yes. Gwen Stefani, and Adam Levine. I knew there was one that I loved. I couldn't put my finger on it. When this is it. Come <laughs> to find out, and it's very plausible yes. the way they laid it out, that Adam Levine's cell service broke up when he was asking Gwen Stefani her perfect male. Like yes. she's ready to get back in the dating game. Yes. And his self-service gets weird when she's explaining the perfect man. And just as she's explaining it, what comes out his phone, Blake Shelton walks by with nachos in one hand and another yeah. acting very Blake Shelton-esque. And Adam Levine says, well, I have the perfect man for you. Right. So I think that explains what we have all been thinking. Those two don't certainly didn't belong together, right. but they're yeah. there. There was another version, though, of... Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, who did a something similar in that. I think that commercial people were had a very hard time not to know, like, can we be funny? Mm -hmm. Can we not be funny? You know, the, the tensions of the nation over the last year, the presidential election, COVID, et cetera, is it all right? And those that tried did it pretty well. Um, I tell you, I really liked the Bud Light commercial that took – the history yeah. of all the Bud Light commercials. I missed it. Though. Whether you whether you whether you use their products or not, you right. know, was up yeah. or incredible man of genius. You know the announcer, mm -hmm. real man of genius. You know that was singing the frogs, the knight from a couple years the ago, the knight, the uh, I love you man's. The they put them all together in one commercial. Okay, I've totally missed that one to then. save the day, and it was. I thought it was. I thought it was brilliantly done. That's probably when I was eating uh, dessert out of the container. <laughs> now, to be honest, there's, in the a, there's, there's a there's a very probably, good chance yeah. that that was there. Uh, the Bruce Springsteen Jeep commercial I didn't like. Um, yeah, that's like, weird. I don't. I love David Diggs. He was in two commercials. I don't know that I love the commercials, but I love him. That was Alea's favorite. Yeah. yeah because yeah. Sesame, Sesame Street. Street came on the screen, and so she was. Yeah. And then throw in David Diggs, and yeah. that had her attention. Well, you know, she, she and I was, were like, okay, now we're both into this. She was she yeah. was loving it. And it started off, you know, sort of normal, what you would expect. Very Sesame Street-esque. Mm -hmm. And then David Diggs throws down a, a rhyme. Yeah. It, it was good. Um, I don't... Let's see if there are others that we – I'm forgetting. Drake State Farm. Uh, the It Wasn't Me, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. The, the Cheetos With Shaggy was, was, Shaggy. was pretty was good. good. Especially the tagline at the end where Shaggy says, that's never worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or this is <laughs> this the first time, time that's worked. worked yeah. Or it's yeah. like uh, the uh, Tracy Morgan spot – it's probably it was pretty good, and I and I told you I typically do not like him. This is probably the first thing I've ever seen him do that I go, okay, I actually kind of enjoyed that. The writing was good in it. Yeah, it was um, the uh, and Timothy Chalamet was Edward Scissorhands' son with mm -hmm. Winona Ryder. That mm -hmm. was all right. I never really liked that movie, um, but late in the was the uh, 
the Michael B. Jordan Amazon commercial where he takes his shirt off. That got a lot of uh, yeah, got a lot of attention. And I got the trailer for Old. Yes, the M Night Shalomon, yeah. yeah. whatever and thing. It's very M Night Shalomon esque stuff, but. I got to tell you. I'm we not- watched it, and I noticed it seemed like you were looking at me, and I said, I don't want to have to watch that if I'm going to have to be it. Right. You know, I can, I can, I'll watch that if I can avoid being old, but you can't make me watch something called old and then also still be it. I tell you, though, I'm super stoked after watching the trailer for Coming to America 2. Oh, yeah, yeah it looks good. Right? Bring on March. Yeah. Yes. March is only two yes. weeks away. Well, three weeks away or so. So, yeah, it's yes. going to be really it's gonna good. It's going to be great. Yes. The Lord is good. The Lord is so good. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. You Pick Trivia is on the way. You're on In the Know. You're looking good just like a snake in the grass. Did you know the first telephone answering machine was three feet tall? That's all? Answering machine. First answering machine was three feet tall. It was made specifically for Stephen Smith. Was its name Misty? Answer the phone. Tell him we're not here. I uh, answer the phone. Yeah, go get that. Because I was the remote control and the answering machine of my house. Go, go find out. Go find out who that is. Right, uh, Misty. I don't. You may have missed it on two passes last night. Did you realize Drake was in the State Farm commercial? I did not. Yeah, I, just, I knew that. I, you, when you said what your favorite was, or yeah. you weren't sure what it yeah. was, it was like she doesn't remember Drake and Paul Rudd. I got a State Farm commercial. I've moved on from Drake to the guy in Bridgerton. So oh, Drake's not my boyfriend anymore. I, I and, well, and David Dix. So did you hear Jason when he said, hey, your guy's in another commercial? Oh, yeah. Your, your guy is in another commercial. I got it's like, it. oh, no, okay. I don't know who he's. Uh, I didn't remember who he was talking about. Let's play some You Pick Trivia today. We'll change of pace. We'll kind of work in some conversation. Uh, Misty, was was there a favorite food that you partook of? Listen, I always love the BLT dip. That, that's a staple. We yes. get that every year. So it's always my favorite. But the chicken wings were on point. The Cuban with the bread and butter pickles, we were still talking about that this morning. Like, we're doing it wrong with the pickles. we got to change our pickle game at our house now with the Cuban. Dijon and bread and butter instead of dill and yellow mustard. Yes. Big game changer for it that. It was a changer. Uh, pork was I, delicious. I wrote something down while y'all were talking. Obviously, I wasn't there. I'd like to hear a little more on the cheesy, zesty tots. They were, they're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tater tots, mm-hmm. and then uh, bake them like you're supposed to. Then um, you put them in a... Is that slang, or are you really saying that? You bake them like you're like supposed to. Like the bag says. <laughs> okay. However your tater tots say to prepare them. Okay. Then, you, then after that, then you put them in a casserole dish. Mm-hmm. Then you spread uh, cheese, like mild cheddar, all over the top, bacon all over the top. Then you take like a fourth of a cup of sour cream, a fourth of a cup of mayo, Two tablespoons of sriracha, and then drizzle over okay. the top when they come out of the oven after the cheese melts. Yeah, it's and, so uh, good. It's, uh, it's solid. I got to tell you though, the salad you made—I was going to ask so you about good. The salad. Yeah, it was so good. Columbia nineteen oh five salad mm-hmm. was also is one of those. I told you, it's like I don't know how this is going to go, mm-hmm. but once it got prepared, it was like it was really good. Yeah, I it was, was. It was very. It was all I was very surprised. good. Here's yeah. you pick trivia question number one for today. Who first declared February 14th as Valentine's Day? Who first declared February 14th as Valentine's Day 
By the way, you can play along in the comments. If you win, you win absolutely nothing. Uh, A, Julius Caesar. <laughs> B, Pope Gelasius. C, St. Valentine. Or D, George Washington. Is it the first who declared February 14th it's Valentine's Day? Julius Caesar, Pope Gelasius, St. Valentine, or George Washington? Give you all a moment to. Oh, I was hoping you were saying those George those Jefferson. Out. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty for sure. Moving on up. Yep. First declared February 14th as Valentine's Day. Caesar, Pope Gelasius, Gelasius, St. Valentine, or George Washington? Have you all locked in already? Stephen, have you all locked in already? I, I wrote down Cupid, but apparently that wasn't a choice. <laughs> okay, that's not that's that's uh that's option E, mm-hmm. which we don't typically get to because it's always wrong. Uh, who was first? <laughs> all right, we know Stephen wrote E Cupid, mm-hmm. which is uh well, we make sure he gets one of these. Feels good, doesn't it? On a Monday? If I cared, I guess it could hurt. I didn't want to win anyway. (laughs) Misty, what is your guess of the four? St. Valentine. St. Valentine is... It was Pope Gelasius. Pope Gelasius. Gelato. Pope Gelasius. I I don't know. (laughs) Here's question number two. In what year did the first written Valentines appear? In what year did the first written Valentines appear? Is it A, 100, B, 1415, C, 1647, or D, 1951? Mm. Was it in the year 100, 1415, 1647, or 1951? In what year did the first written Valentines appear? So what about the weekend? I don't mean this weekend i mean the halftime show i love his music okay i like what he does i I enjoy his his whole take on music i said to you at one point you think at this point the boy could have taken a dance lesson like entertain me he didn't do anything to entertain me in fact one point i had to look away because i thought i was going to have a seizure Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part mm-hmm. was anyway, but that was great though. Because the there've been so many memes in there with his selfie stick. Have there? Yes, that's been. But uh, yeah. yeah, some uh, I think uh, some audio issues. Yep. I mean, it, like, yep. They, they forgot, forgot to, to plug him in or Bluetooth his microphone. They forgot I don't know. the Bluetooth. <laughs> his Mister Microphone wasn't plugged into the. To the you know, sometimes player. we have to go to. Uh, we sometimes we have to go places where you can only put your. Uh, microphone in front of a speaker, mm-hmm. you know, to get the sound that you need. We've had to, we've been in that p- situation before. It sounded like that's what they had to do. Yes. Yeah. I could have recorded this on my phone. Yes. Like, who forgot to plug him in? To the TV camera. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> It was like the scene when Forrest Gump speaks at the rally in Washington and they pull all the cables yes. out. It was like somebody back there trying to disrupt. All right. In what year did the first written Valentines appear? Was it 100, 1415, 1647, or 1951? Misty, will ask you first this time. I said 1951. You said 1951. Stephen, what did you say? Same. You said 1951. You all are incorrect. Mm. If you said 1415, you were correct. 1415 
was the year. Uh, question three in UPIC Trivia today. According to a survey, what is the most disappointing Valentine's Day gift to receive? <laughs> According to a survey, what is the most disappointing Valentine's Day gift to receive? Is it A, cheap chocolate, B, cheap flowers, C, cheap underwear, or D, a kiss? Is it cheap chocolate, cheap flowers, cheap underwear, or D, a kiss? The most disappointing Valentine's Day gift to receive. <laughs> this is more about your Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's night. <laughs> All right, you all seem to be locked in over there, so let's just yeah. ask. Uh, is it uh, cheap chocolate, cheap flowers, cheap underwear, or D, a kiss? Stephen, I will ask you first. Uh, I put cheap chocolate. You put cheap chocolate. Mm-hmm. Misty, what did you put? Well, I said E, all of the above, but if I got to narrow down, cheap chocolate, because I'm a chocolate lover. You said cheap chocolate, and that is oh. incorrect. If you said cheap underwear, give yourself a round of applause. That's you pick trivia for today. So there you go. And of course, we knew the halftime show was over last night when we heard "Blinding Lights." We knew that was going to be the closer. But no special guest or anything. You just knew as soon as like, all right, this is what the whole thing is going to be. Is yeah. Mr. Red Jacket? I thought when they opened up the, um, I guess maybe the second song when they opened up the thing where he went back. Yeah. I thought, okay, here comes the featuring. Whoever it was. Well, just some dancers, like some real backup dancers. Yeah. Like, yeah. entertain, Absolutely. bring out a band. Yeah, something. We gotta get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today is actually Stephen Smith's point to ponder. Okay. Lay it on us, high pockets. Give a person a fish, you feed them for a day. You teach a person to use the internet, you won't hear from them for weeks, months, or maybe even years. It's true. Because they've gone to, in the 90s, the computer room. Remember when we had the computer room? Yes. Well, then the whole design of your kitchen was to have a computer desk in your cabinets, remember? Uh, so you, the family could sit yeah, down and... Absolutely. A three-foot-tall yeah. answering machine. <laughs> three-foot-tall yes. answering yeah. machine. Yeah. Did you all like my commentary on geese? Did you find it to be accurate? It's true. It is true. Mm-hmm. I find geese to be jerks. D- <laughs> ducks, I like. Geese are jerks. It's a true story. I thought maybe you were pondering... How, who other than the weekend might have been considered for the Super Bowl halftime show? That was next. I thought with some slight modifications, they should have considered Miley Virus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or Fleetwood Mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would take both of those with them. Bruce Springsteen and the PPE Street Band. <laughs> <laughs> and The Cure. Okay. Yeah. Seems like The cure. cure would have been spot on. Yeah. For what we needed last night. On television, stuff. Stuff on TV. Mm, just watch Bridgerton. Today's highlight in history. This day, 1952, Queen Elizabeth II proclaimed her ascension, uh, accession to the British throne following the death of her father. 
just watch The Crown and you'll figure all that out, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 1960, work began on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In 1971, NASDAQ, which is the world's first electronic stock exchange, held its first day trading. Birthdays today, composer, conductor John Williams is 89 today. A national treasure. I mean, between Star Wars and E.T. and Indiana Jones and... Why are you laughing at me, Stephen? Oh, you'll kick me out. John Williams is a national treasure. Absolutely. A generation, two generations from now, he'll be uh, he'll be with the likes of Beethoven and Mount Rushmore material and Moza and Mozart, Mozart, mm-hmm. and Choppin, mm-hmm. Rock Me Amadeus, Freddie Choppin. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick Nolte is 80 today. He is not a national treasure. <laughs> Ted Koppel is 81 today. Comedian Robert Klein is 79. Mary Steenburgen is 68. John Grisham is 66. One of my favorite authors because it's oh, easy, easy to read. And Well, hey. Come on in. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Vince Neal from Motley Crue is 60 today. Probably not National Treasure, I'm just going to say. Depends on who you ask. I mean, fine, <laughs> fine, but not a National Treasure. Mary McCormick is 52. Seth Green is 47. Cecily Strong is 37 today. Gone but not forgotten. William Tecumseh Sherman in 1820. Jules Verne in 1828. Lana Turner in 1921. Audrey Meadows in 1922. Jack Lemmon in 1925. My favorite Jack Lemmon movie has to be, um, what is the one about old men? Grumpy Walter old men. Grumpy old men. Yeah, that's right. And the sequel was, best I remember, just as good. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they struggle on the sequels, but this one was good. Yep. Let's go to Chart Toppers. Jim Reeves, number one, 1960. This was, I would get about through that much of the song before I was into the kitchen. To get something during a commercial break of like Little House on the Prairie or What's Happening or That's good music though. Is it? Right there. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. Yeah. You think so? You can tell your friend there with you. You'll have to go. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think you you must have triggered Alexa. Yeah. Alexa. Stop. Even started it. <laughs> Sorry, he said something that I know, right? set her off. But she was like, she was telling you this they is not factual. Bad, but there's a silver lining behind every cloud. 1969, number Just one. People, that's all we were trying to make a living. Why are you shaking your head? I, February 8th must have been just a great day in the history of music. There we go. Daddy sang bass. I'm getting to do the mom part if you're going to come as strong like that for yep. that. <laughs> you're a one-trick pony. You really are, but my God, you've got it down. Because like. <laughs> this is good music, not that junk they play today. Yeah, we've been wondering who out there liked this stuff, and now we found you. You found We me. found you. Okay, all right. All, all right, let's see if we can go three for three. It is weird, see. though, that we went from 1969... <laughs> Okay, come on now. With Johnny Cash, number one with Daddy Sang Bass, to number one in 79, The Brothers Gibb.
I think it was that that they did that mashup with um, ACDC back in black. Have you ever seen that? Mm, look look that up. But I would like no, to see like you to. doing the street strut in the opening scene of Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> well, like John Travolta, yes. with the tight pants and the leather jacket. I was going to say, yeah. I left my bell bottoms at home this yeah. morning. Sorry. 1987. Bon Jovi. And living on a prayer. Oh, oh, oh. Good stuff, man. We agree. Look at us. <laughs> we could do a COVID update to that song to find out about Johnny and Gene and what happened to them. Yeah. Did they get laid off? Did they get the COVID? Right. They're shacked up somewhere with Jack and Diane, probably. Did probably. They, get the, they did quarantined. They, yeah. Did they have enough PPE to Johnny make it through? And Wait a minute. Because of the COVID-19 <laughs> pandemic, mm-hmm. we're not able to tell you. Yeah. 1996, Mariah Carey. The voice of men in one sweet day. Kelly Clarkson, since you've been gone, was number one 16 years ago today. And seven years ago today, one Republic counting stars was number one. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Stephen, by the way, thank you for coming yeah, in. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate it. And... Uh, I know what music to get you for Christmas this year and get you some Jim Reeves and <laughs> those albums you bought that never opened. <laughs> Waylon Jennings. And buy some Do of those from Willie Nelson. From the bargain bin. That outlaw country stuff is, to me, you can't beat it. No, I love the outlaw country, but that's. Listen, I look Jim at Reeves. you and I see nothing but outlaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I was just thinking. Because <laughs> he's been working out. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I work out. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Everyone has the fire, but the champions know when to ignite the spark. Everyone has the fire, but the champions know when to ignite the spark. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for Stephen Smith, I'm MB, and now.